Psalm 92, verse 12 to 15. We could all turn our Bibles and go there uh, this morning. Hallelujah. How many are happy this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. 92, verses 12 to 15. It says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Everybody say this with me as, as you're reading this. <clears throat> From your Bible or the screen. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Come on, you could still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your service, Lord God, and everything that's happening here. And Lord, we ask your blessings on this message that's about to be ministered. Use these lips of clay to minister your word that you have given us. And Lord, let it uh, touch your heart this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. I shared a little bit about some of these things uh, yesterday. By the way, we have prayer. The elders have prayer next Sunday morning. And uh, if you have a prayer request, uh, Kaelin has some cards. You could ask him and write it down and put it in the offering basket at the end of service when we take our offering. And we will pray for those things on Sunday morning. Amen. We'd like to hear if... Uh, You've put, you've put a, a prayer request in if God has really uh, touched your life. Because we pray for those things. Amen? Hallelujah. How many know to thrive in life, all of your life? I'm talking about all of your life. Amen? Spirit, soul, body, mind, your will, your emotions, your relationships, your finances, all your areas of living. It is God's desire for each and every person. He wants that for each and every person. Amen? He wants us to flourish. Everybody say flourish. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to see the favor of God over your life. And to succeed in our calling and our purpose. God wants you to succeed in your calling, whatever he has for you, and the purpose that he has for your life. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be blessed. Amen? Come on, somebody needs to say amen this morning. To thrive is to fulfill four great words that I spoke about last week. Grow. I spoke on that last week. Today, commitment. Grow. Commitment. Connect. And then serve. Grow, commitment, connect, and then how many know we need to serve? We become the Psalm 92 person that we just read. And when we become that, we become a flourishing life that grows consistently and continually bearing fruit in every season of life. In your young season of life, in your middle part of your life, in your old age, that's what it says, you will continue to flourish. So I don't care how old you are, 
How many know God will use you? God can use you. I don't care how old you are. You could be 90 years old here this morning. God is using you. We have a woman 90 years old working down over 90, working downstairs. God is using her. Come on, somebody. He will use you. Last week we talked about the grow factor and how we have to make decisions to grow. There's some things that we have to take out of our life to grow. Today I want to look at the word commitment. Commitment. Because a thrive life is a committed life. I commit to something. Now, we know that in our culture today, amen, our culture today struggles. It struggles with commitment to almost everything. I mean, you just have to read the newspapers. You got to look around in society. We struggle with commitment. People struggle with their jobs to commit to stay on their jobs. They struggle, students and other people struggle with even staying in school. Should I stay in school? Should I leave? Should I stay in my marriage? Hello. Should I get out of my marriage? We struggle in marriage, in that commitment. We struggle in church. I don't know whether I should stay there or not. I don't know whether he said this thing, and I don't know whether that elder did that to me, or that deacon did that to me, or this one did that to me. It's time for me to go. I got insulted, and I don't need to commit. We struggle with our faith. Okay, that's how we, we really need to pray, because the enemy will touch this right in here and screw you up. You could be praying and committing to be prayer all 24 hours a day and still nothing has happened to your life. So we break away from it. Come on. And the enemy. So we have a hard time committing. Because the habit of our culture today is to hesitate. It's to hesitate. It's to view commitment as limiting my options to my life. You're kind of, you know, you're putting me in a box here. You're limiting what I need to do. I, I really can't commit to that because I have to do this. Or, you know, it's my life. Me and Scott a lot of times talk about a message that we heard here, I think last year, by Pastor Jerry David. We have a meism mentality. He preached on meism. Existentialism, I think is what the word is. It's the belief that the individual is the only source of meaning. And how many know it's dominant in our society today? The only source of meaning is my life, me. What you can do for me, and that's it. How do you satisfy me? I don't have to commit to that because you're not satisfying me. Meism. So self, this self-focus state is crippling our society. There are more divorces, just as much divorces in the church as in the society. One out of every two marriages are ending in divorce. 
It's crippling our society, ruining marriages. It's hurting churches. It is. Let's be honest here today. Today's researchers call the Christians who are not committed to the church the nons, the N-O-N-E-S, the nons believers in churches. It's a churchless Christianity. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about being committed to the local church, whatever that may be, whatever local church that may be. The Thrive Life is living a flourishing life, growing spiritually, amen, with commitment to God's house and a vital connection to God's people. I want to connect to God's house because when I'm in God's house, I connect to God's people. It is using everything that I have. I mean, everything I have to serve in any way possible at all times. Let me give you those thrive words again. Flourish, prosper, blessed, favor, increase, success. That's what it means. Thrive is to grow. How many want to grow? Thrive is to grow. To grow is to develop in your spiritual inner man and to amplify the Christ nature in you to live like Jesus and share his love. I could go on and on here. You know, we have church on Facebook. We have church, but we don't have the local church. Hello? The local church. Because thrive is to commit. Facebook, you don't commit. To commit is to declare oneself to the purposes of God by giving my life, my energy, and my resources. Commit to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the prayer life, with this we just heard right now in this beautiful song, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, prayer life, and the local church. That's what it is, saints. If you go to Acts 2, verse 42 to 46 to 47, verse 42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then it says in verse 46 to 47, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart praising God having favor with all people and look what happens look what happens and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved that's what happens when we thrive. The church, saints, is comprised of people who are joined together to live life, go after their dreams, to pray, 
to worship, to grow, to change, to raise families, and go through hard times and bad times. Together. Together. Now, church, I, I believe the church that we see is a Christ-centered, Christ-centered church with core values. We're trying to do that here with our leadership. A church Christ-centered. Brother James shared that in the last elders meeting. Jesus. Jesus. A Christ-centered church with core values. Biblical leadership. Amen? Presence-filled worship. Reaching and discipling the unchurched. Serving our communities. It's multicultural. Come on, somebody. It's multi-generational. And it means loving others. That's what the church is supposed to be. And Jesus is committed to his church. He's committed to his church because he loves the church. He is committed to building the church. In Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19, we all know this. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will what? Build my church. Not on Peter, but on this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Come on. So when we pray, we need to pray that. Jesus gave his life for the church. He dwells in the midst of his church. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together in whose name? My name. Jesus' name. I am there right in the middle of them. He's here this morning. He's right here in the midst. And Jesus chooses Leaders who love his church passionately. And let me say this. The leadership of this church love this house passionately. You need to be in the elders' meetings to know that. Passionately. They want to see people grow. It says in Ephesians 4.11 that he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And the leadership loves the house passionately. And saints, every person that follows Jesus should love Jesus' church, which is his house. Let me give you some scripture on that. Psalm 22, 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Psalm 26, 8, Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Psalm 27, 4, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 42, 4, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Psalm 55, 14, we took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. And Psalm 122, 1, I was glad. Come on. When they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He loves the church. He is committed to the church. Amen? Come on, somebody say amen. Now, how many know when there's commitment, and when there's commitment to the church, it is evident. It is evident. Because commitment has an expression. Commitments have expressions. When I... You first meet your wife or your husband and you were committed to them and you loved them. You had an expression. Oh. Oh. That love, that expression. Amen. Come on. How many when they first got saved couldn't wait to get to church? Could wait to praise the Lord. I got I to gotta express myself. I got to go praise God. I got to get into I got to start praying. We, we have an expression. But it's almost like marriage sometimes. Me. I remember that message that uh, June Evans preached about getting closer in the bed. And remember that one? Yeah, they're real close, and then boom, 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 boom. Then finally you fall off the bed. Yeah, I mean, really. It's, you got to get a bigger bed, the bigger bed. The older you get married. <laughs> See, commitment has a conviction for the local church. I'm talking about the local church. Commitment is the unshakable belief in something. When I commit, I have this unshakable uh, commitment to it. Amen. Um, if you love a ball team, a lot of times you have this unshakable commitment to the Knicks. I have this unshakable commitment to the Knicks. Not to the Pacers, to the Knicks. I have this unshakable benef- uh, commitment to the New York Giants at the Baltimore, uh, oh, is it, oh, I forgot, Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> you know, this unshakable commitment. Commitment has a value for the local church to esteem it to be of worth 
and of critical importance. The local church should be of critical importance to people. It's the church I go to. It's the church I love. It's the church where I praise God. It's the church where I worship the Lord. It's the church where I bring my children. It's the church where I dedicate my children. It's the church. I love my church. I don't love, you know, you don't have to love the pastor, you love the church. You don't have to love the elders, you love the church. You don't have to love Mike and his music. You love the church. We commit to Christ and the church. Hallelujah. It's of critical importance. You love the church. You see, saints, values govern our life. They govern our life. At the very center of who we are, what we believe to be of the greatest and the highest priority in our lives, value drives our choices. When I value something, it drives my choice to that thing. You know, and I'll bring in sports again, if you value uh, the Indiana Pacers, you're going to go to the playoff games. You'll try anything to get a ticket. See them beat the Knicks. But you value that. You know, you put all your energy towards it. Amen? Come on, saints. It drives our choices. It drives our living. Commitment has a passion. A passion. Has a passion for the local church. Fervent in spirit, heart full of devotion, service, leadership, and intensity of spirit. It says in Psalm 69, 9, Because zeal for your house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. I love you. You know, those people, go, I, but I love the house of God. We don't sit there, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know. You did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I don't got go. Yeah. Amen? Come on, I'm talking to you this morning as a pastor. Saints, commitment has a belonging to the local church. To belong means I am part of something where I can give back. And where I can receive, where I feel love, where I feel affection, where I can be cared for, where you can make a difference, where you cannot feel useless. You don't have to feel useless in the local church. Just come to me, I will give you something to do. We have children downstairs. We have, there is something for you. Saints, thrive. Means committed, builds great church, great churches. Commitment builds great churches. It's a church where people are transformed. It's a church where people are healed and made whole. It's a church where people love their city. Saints, commitment has spiritual roots in the church. It says, the, uh, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. 
He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They, sh- they, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Psalm 1, uh, verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves also will not wither, and whatever he does, what will happen? He shall prosper. How many know roots are storehouses? Are they not? They're the storehouses. They absorb and they transport. They absorb the water. They absorb that what's happening and they transport it up. The roots are an anchor during a storm. When they go with that root, can hold you down, can keep it steady and solid. Roots determine the health of the tree. They absorb the water. It goes up. They fl- flows up. It, it, it means the health of the tree, saints. Let me tell you what it says in Job 18, 16. His roots are dried below. And you know what happened? His branches withered above. We can't allow our roots to dry up. And what's happening? They're drying. The church is becoming stagnant. I'm going to preach a message on the church later on. The church in this culture is stagnating. We were going for, for things instead of commitment. Excitement instead of commitment. Commitment has spiritual roots. That's what commitment has. It has spiritual roots, saints. And saints, commitment has a spiritual placement in the church. And when you're placed, you respond. Placement means I respond. If I'm placed in something, i got to respond. When you got placed in a job, you responded to that job. Whatever... When I went on the police department in 1963 in New York City, I was placed. I got a badge, a gun. I was placed. I had to be committed to that badge and what New York City said I was supposed to do. And I had to respond to it. When there was trouble, I responded to it. When there was good things, I responded to it. My roots had to go deep into the police department. It's the same with the church. We have to go deep. You see, I respond to God planting me in the church. I need and the I need the place where I will put my I need a place where I'll put my roots down. Because if I don't have a place where I can put my roots down. I'm not down. I'm here. I'm there. I'm everywhere. You know, and I'm on the computer. Television's not your church. I hate to say that. The computer is not your church. This is your church where people are. We can grow together. Come together. 
Psalm 12, 3. A man is not established by wickedness, but, but the root of righteousness, he cannot be moved. Job 29, 19. My root is spread out to the waters, and the dew lies all night on my branches. Placement means I believe in something. I believe in it. I believe God places me in the local church. The church of his choosing. All right? I didn't choose it. You didn't choose it. God chose it. For his purpose and for my good. Amen? 1 Corinthians 12, 18, but... Now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. God places you. God establishes governments. God is the one who places people in authority. It's God. He places you in the church of his choosing. 2 Samuel 7, 10, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in the place of their own and move no more. Hmm. You say that. And will plant them, that they may dwell in the place of their own and move no more. Nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them anymore, as they did before. Saints, the local church. Lastly, let me say this to you this morning. Placement means that I decide. Believe it and I decide. I decide to move from observing, from looking around, to participating. Mm, that's good. Great job, Keith. Oh, it's wonderful. Great job, Scott. Hallelujah. Good job. Good job, Jody. To participating. To contributing. To connecting. Ephesians 4 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Hallelujah. I want you to say this prayer with me as I end, if you would. I want you to just short little thing about committing to God's house. Lord God, I choose today to put down my spiritual roots into God's house. I will love God's house and I will be a builder of God's house. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord praise offering this morning.